I'm Michelle, certified personal trainer and certified nutrition coach. And I'm Marissa, and I'm a certified nutrition coach and group fitness instructor. And this is the Strong and Simple Podcast. We're tackling the latest fads, trends, and hot topics in the nutrition, wellness, and fitness industries using science and conversation to bust myths and give you the information you need to navigate the bullshit. Tune in for your twice a week truth bombs every Tuesday and Friday. We, Michelle Farrell and Marissa Zabo of the Strong and Simple Podcast, reside on Pawtucket land. We acknowledge the land and the Pawtucket people, as well as the land and the people of the many Native nations of whom the land belongs. To respect and honor them and their land, as well as to be mindful of the harm colonialism has and continues to do on the Indigenous people of the United States and the world. This land acknowledgement is our commitment to support Indigenous peoples and their voices in the struggle against systemic oppression and for human rights, as well as to push against the cancelling and erasure of their history, their stories, their culture, and their present. We encourage you to visit native-land.ca to discover whose land you are residing on, as well as ways to support Indigenous folks. All right. Well, welcome back to the Strong and Simple podcast, everyone. This is your co-host, Marissa, and I'm joined by Michelle. Say hi, Michelle. Oh, hello, everybody. <laughs> and we're really excited to be here with our special guest today, Mark Breeden. Hey, Mark. Thanks for joining us all the way. Yeah. Canada. Thanks for having me. No, I appreciate it. Awesome. So just to kind of give you a little bit of information about Mark, he is an online personal trainer who helps people focus less on the scale and more on how strong they can become. Mark has what is known as a weight neutral approach to training, which I know uh, if you've been listening to this podcast, you've probably heard us use that term before, which means that he's not focusing on weight or aesthetics. Instead, Mark is focusing on helping his clients be their strongest, healthiest, and happiest selves. So Mark, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. We're really excited to talk with you, learn a little bit more about you and your approach and what you do. So I'm just going to flip it over to you and just going to ask you, tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got into training and why you approach training the way that you do. Yeah, absolutely. Well, one, it's a pleasure to be here. I'm happy to have the conversation. So um, I would say my journey started probably around high school where um, you know, I got into training and thought like, you know, uh, bigger biceps meant like a better life. And so the aesthetics focus was definitely what I started with, did that for probably like five or so years, um, kind of realized it's not as fulfilling as we might think. And there's kind of some flaws that exist with that, um, moved into strength training, specifically powerlifting at the time, um, did that for a long time. And found that a lot more fulfilling, a lot more enjoyable uh, for a lot of reasons, which I'm sure we can go into. And um, also noticed that like what made it fulfilling had nothing to do with like any physical changes that were happening, which was cool. Um, and that was kind of the start for shifting into like what's now known as like a weight neutral approach where I help people who are um, they're trying to get stronger, but they're not really trying to focus on like the weight on the scale or really like what their body should look like as kind of an example. Like it's much more about like, let's get you um, deadlifting your body weight for the first time. Let's get your first pull up or let's just get you strong both in and out of the gym. So 
um, activity, you know, being able to do the things you want to do and being strong enough for the activities that you want to do. Um, that was kind of, yeah, and that's like kind of where the journey is now. So I work with people fully online, um, helping people, I guess, just helping specifically women like get stronger, um, whatever that means to them. Um, just because I think it's a, it's a better journey than I think what we've been told in the past. And I think like the, the, the weight loss only approach, I think has a lot of flaws, which we can go into. Um, and I just, I just think that this is a much more enjoyable experience, like both in the short term and long term. Yeah, absolutely. I think you're going to get zero arguments from me or Michelle on that point. Um, definitely. So you mentioned that you do work a lot with women on weightlifting. Can you tell me a little bit more about how you got into focusing kind of in that direction? Yeah, for sure. And this is like probably the number one question that I get. So um, the reason that I work with women specifically is because when I started training women or just anybody in the gym is that I noticed that, you know, I use strength training to like boost my self-confidence and self-esteem. And I noticed that the women that I worked with had a very similar journey where um, the women that I worked with who were really focused on like the weight on the scale or being a certain size or looking a certain way. Um, it's a pretty emotional journey, uh, has lots of ups and downs and it honestly pretty unfulfilling even when achieving the goal. Um, it's not, it's just, it's not as satisfying that you'd think or like, becoming a double zero is not like going to solve all of your problems as it might seem. Um, yeah. But the ones who focused on strength or they like wanted their body to do cool things had like a way better experience. Like they had, like they enjoyed the process more. They felt like they accomplished more. They were able to move their confidence to not just what they looked like, but to like what their body could do and make, make that shift which is pretty much the journey that I had um, in like a different way. So when I thought about like, okay, who am I going to help online? Um, I honestly just resonated more with like the typical woman's journey than the typical man's journey. Um, I can train men. It's uh, even though despite like my handle, it's uh, you know, I, I do get male clients every now and then, but uh, for the most part, uh, I just resonated more with like what women go through in strength training just happened to relate more to my own journey. Yeah. Totally. Totally. I think that resonates with, I think both Michelle and I have had a similar experience where we used to work out for the aesthetic, you know, the, the weight loss and whatnot, and then experiencing how freaking awesome it is to be able to lift heavy shit and wanting mm -hmm. to do that more and more and more. Um, so totally, totally get that. Yeah. I think that's, that's valuable too. And I think it's also for a lot of people and especially women that you don't think you can do it so it makes it cool that when it does happen like you kind of prove yourself wrong in a very positive way um yeah. where you know i i you know i've had conversations with like new women lifters where you know i tell them that like you can probably deadlift your body weight in like three months like that's like probably like a realistic goal um mm -hmm. that at the time seems like i'm overselling the program or that it's daunting or that it's like okay mark's just hyping me up so that i like feel good about the training um, and then they do it in like week seven. And I think like that's, you know, I, I think that's like important to, for them to see too, is like, oh, I am stronger than I thought I was. Like I can accomplish more than I thought was possible. And uh, strength training is really good about that because um, compared to like, let's say an aesthetic goal, um, do you look better is pretty subjective. Yeah. Uh, and for a lot of reasons, it's hard to, it's hard to measure in like a real true way. And, you know, you're also your, your mind can play a lot of games with that on like, do I actually look better is like, you know, there's, um, but strength training is like, well, you 
used to lift a hundred pounds and now you lift 200 pounds. Yep. So the, do, did you get stronger has a very obvious answer. Um, when you don't, you don't need my word for it. Like you'll notice it yourself. And so, um, which is cool. Cause a lot of things in life aren't that quantifiable. like, they're not like, you can't quantify most successes in life like that. Um, but strength training, you can. So I think that that's pretty cool that, you know, you don't need to take my word for it, that you, you can get stronger. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I think, I mean, I don't think I know for myself when I'm working with clients, um, men and women who, like you said, never thought that they could lift what they're lifting. And that first moment they pull a deadlift or with the trap bar or the straight bar up off the floor, or they do their first push up on their toes or any of those sorts of firsts for them. It's so gratifying to see like the, the look of like, it's almost sometimes shock and mm -hmm. like just pure joy. Like, yeah, like I did this, you know? And I mean, I guess some folks can say that when they see a certain number on the scale or size on a pair of shorts or whatever, maybe they have that moment, but it's typically very fleeting, right? Like, yeah. Um, like, yeah, like I see X amount of weight on the scale and then the next day it goes up a couple of pounds and then you're like, I'm a failure, everything, I'm terrible, right? It can send you on this total shame spiral. Um, yeah, like how, how did you how did you lose it all when you like lost 30 pounds and then gained five? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah that, that's, that's totally fair. And um, it's also just like harder to maintain. Um, you know, I don't know like how deep we want to like dive into the research here, but um, there's just a lot of studies that like most people will, if people want to lose weight, they will become successful at it at one point. The hard part tends to be keeping it off. Yeah. Um, that tends to be, and like there's, there's different, I don't love using the 95 number because the study's kind of subpar, but there are other studies that have been like redone um, on that. That's like, okay, no matter like what study you look at, like it's bad. Like it's not yeah. a good number. It's not yeah. like a good, um, and I, that's pretty frustrating, right? Because if you, let's say, you know, your goal was weight loss, you lose the whatever amount of weight it is and you're like you're super happy about it and you feel good about yourself only for it to come back one year later two years later like that's a pretty emotional journey and um you know online we always see all these like oh my god look at this person who lost 70 80 pounds in like whatever amount of time um and like what we don't see it which typically happens is like the regain that happens off this off the screen yeah um and that part you know doesn't get filmed um and that's really emotional and like really really tough and it's hard for people to you know and like that's a part that is really everyone has a hard time with um what's nice about strength training going back to why it's the best training ever is that um it's actually really once you have the strength keeping it is like actually pretty it's actually a lot easier like it's not like it's a you know like once you get yourself to like let's say like a 200 pound deadlift like if you want to keep that as long as you're deadlifting pretty regularly, like it's pretty unlikely that that would go down. Yeah. Um, so like, that's like one of the nice things about strength training is that like keeping strength is like, you really can own it as long as you keep doing the strength training at like a reasonable amount. So um, I think that's like something, you know, worth noting as well when comparing the two. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, also, I think that once you really do start strength training and it's been a couple of months and you start feeling 
how that translates into everyday life outside of your training sessions. Um, this past week, I've had three different clients, you know, say, I went on a hike on vacation with my family. And this time last year, I didn't even bother to go because I didn't think I could even keep up and I didn't want people waiting for me. Um, and this person was able to just like be with the family, with their kids, you know, hiking up that mountain. Um, with almost no problem. Right. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, another folk who had, um, used to fall and lose stability fairly often, and now hasn't had a fall in over two years since we've been working together. And, you know, those things are, people might come to us thinking that they want weight loss because they're hoping for those kinds of outcomes in the long run. Um, but don't necessarily know how to articulate it because of the way fitness is marketed towards people, right? So, yeah, and I, I think it's, I, I couldn't agree more. And I think it's also like, well, why do you want to lose weight? And like, mm -hmm. it could be for those reasons that you mentioned is like, well, I want to be able to go hiking with my kids, or I want to be able to, you know, have things be easier in life physically. And it's like, okay, well, like, strength training does those things. Like, that's the, uh, you know, I think that's like the the important part as well is that like, I think, um with weight loss training i think we assume a lot of things will happen when the weight is lost and right. the answer to that is like sometimes but like sometimes it doesn't um yeah. and if we're talking about like improving quality of life being too strong isn't really a thing right like right. it doesn't right. really, you know it's, it's gonna be pretty rare that like oh i was just too strong for this thing so i couldn't go to this event or do this activity <laughs> like more strength is going to benefit you kind of like regardless of what's going on in your life yeah. um and then, you know, yeah. So I think like, that's again, you know, another reason why I kind of moved to strength training over time. Um, I always like to make like one caveat because mm -hmm. I dish on weight loss training a lot is like, if people do have weight loss goals, I am not saying that you're like a bad person or like right, that you're right. working on. Um, yeah. I am advocating for what I think is the best type of training. Um, but if you have a weight loss goal and are listening to this, I don't think you're like bad or like trying to shame you or like why you want to lose weight is, understandable and like i just you know I, I try not to i try to be careful with my wording because i'm not here to like shame anybody off the podcast or anything along those lines yeah oh my god yeah absolutely 100 it's normal to want to lose weight in the society mm -hmm. that we live in and i think it's just important to ask yourself why you want to and to keep in mind that that number on the scale is no guarantee of happiness i know from my experience you hit that number and you're like, I'm going to chase a lower one and yep. I'm going to lower one. And that can get really toxic really, really fast. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And I think that Marissa, that's also looped into um, the instant gratification that we are so often as humans seeking for all things that we do. Right. But when we're thinking about weight loss, we want it fast and we want it now. And in order to get weight loss fast and immediately, um, typically there's a heavy amount of restriction that needs to happen with that, um, which then is likely to be even more unsustainable than if it was something over one year or two years, right? And it was like a slow and steady. Um, so I think that's something else to note that um, not only are we sold on this idea that we should be wanting to lose weight all the time, um, especially as women, um, and I know that that exists, um, 
the ideal quote unquote for men also exists. Um, but when we're, it's always marketed, oh, you should do this to lose weight. You should do this to lose weight. And it's, I think Mark, you had said, you know, lose 70 pounds in two months or, you know. Whatever are, the number is, yeah. Yeah, right, like very fast. Um, so that's also what the expectation is um, that's kind of thrown out there. Yeah. Yeah, and I think as well, when we talk about the ideal body image and like anybody who's listening who's over 35 is gonna know this, but hmm. like the ideal look changes all the time. Yeah. Like, you know, like 15 years ago was something different. Uh, if we compare like the look of the 90s, the 90s female that was portrayed was like 90 pounds and like yeah. no, cur like, like that was the look at the time, like just incredibly thin with like no curves or anything. 2022 is a very different woman that's being portrayed. And I feel like we can safely say that like, you know, in 2035, it'll be yet a different look. And then in yeah. 20, in, um, another, which, you know, this is why like aesthetics is so tough because like one, like body shapes are different. People are different body types. Like you can only, you know, maybe you'll match this look of the time. Maybe you won't, but even if you do, like, are you going to have a reign of 10 years where like, you know, I, I like an example I give now is that like, you know, like big butts are the thing, right? Like that's what everyone's trying to, everyone's, you know, yep. thrusting their way to success. And then 10 years later, um, that might not be the thing. Yeah. And then like, have you spent the last 10 years of your training only for them to move the goalpost? Mm -hmm. um, you know, and that's something that is, you know, incredible. That, that's, that's tough. That's like, man, like, I feel like I've been lied to. And that's just kind of, you know, um, beauty standards change. Like the yeah. ideal body will, has changed before. It's changed many times. It will change again. Um, and that may or may not favor you depending on who you are. Um, and that's frustrating. That's like really, really tough. And the, you know, this is why, again, I'm gonna like advocate for strength training is cause like being stronger is going to benefit you now, 15 years from now, 25 years from now, like, you know, um, and yeah, I think, I don't, I just wanted to like make that point. Yeah. Think, like that's something that's like worth noting about when you're like looking for the ideal, the ideal body type, quote unquote. Yeah, absolutely. I like the hip thrusting your way to success. I feel like that, like thrusting my way to success needs to be like a bumper sticker. <laughs> yeah. No context given. Yeah. No. <laughs> Interpret however you will. Whatever it might mean to you. Yeah. <laughs> That's merchandise right there. Nice. Um, I love it. That's awesome. Um, but you know, we've, we've kind of briefly touched on it a little bit, but for the benefit of our listeners who are, are new to all of this, can we talk a little bit too, like specifically, why should they start picking up heavyweights? Why should they go above the two and a half pounders, the five pounders? Um, can we give them some more reasons to do that <laughs> as they're yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I'm going to try and be as like, okay, there's, <laughs> I've done full presentations on this. So I'm going to try and narrow it down. But um, I think like one of the biggest benefits is like believing, like realizing you can accomplish more than you think. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of people come into strength training. And if you ask them what they think they can accomplish in three months versus what they actually can, it's very, very different, um, which is cool. It's, it, it's, I mean, it's different. It's different in like a positive way where, yeah. um, you know, if you ask someone, you know, how much weight do you think you'll be able to lift in three months as like a newer lifter? Um, it's probably a very small number or something that is either something they can already achieve or can achieve with very little training. Yeah. Um, in three months, you can, for most people, deadlift your body weight, whether that's a trap bar, like straight bar, whatever it might be. Um, you can be dumbbell rowing in like the 20s, 30s, even 40s for some women. Um, you can 
pretty much, especially if you're new, like add like five pounds to the bar every week for like most lifts. Um, and which after three months is 12, 13 weeks times five, you guys can do the math on your end, but there's, you know, there's a lot you can accomplish in like a very short period of time and more than you think you can, which is really, really cool. Like it makes it a cool process for that reason. Um, and that I would say is like one of the reasons that's like not talked about enough, um, for people who are caring about health. I being strong is just like a healthy thing to do, like whatever, like just being able to, you know, if we talk about like being independent later in life, if we're going to talk about being able to do all your daily tasks without being fatigued, like quality of life, strength training is going to do all of those things that really benefit you. If you want to be able to like go hiking with your kids or go skiing or like whatever it might be, being strong is going to benefit that. Um, I, so adding muscle mass has like health values. I'm not going to go into like, I don't, I don't care what it makes you look like, but like just having more muscle mass is going to be a health benefit for most people. Um, that, you know, I'm not saying like become a bodybuilder, but like even just being able to like put some muscle on your legs and upper body, like will have benefits to your life. Um, maybe even some that you don't realize. Um, I'm trying to think of like, uh, what are some of the like really good highlights? Um, Stress release, like mental health for sure. I think it has a lot of life lessons that comes through with it where like, you know, hard work pays off, but also like the right hard work pays off, which I think is also yeah. valuable. Where like, yeah. I think, especially people who come from like past disordered eating behaviors, um, they worked hard. It just wasn't like the right work and a lot of times for them. Um, but like the right work that if you work hard on the right things, like, that does benefit you a ton. Um, and strength training is like, if you have a right plan for you, if you are doing, you know, something that is realistic for your schedule and like sticking with it, you get a lot of benefits. And that's like a nice life lesson that exists. And there's like other ones too. Um, yeah, I think those are like the main ones that like don't get talked about enough. Um, yeah. I, 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 it's genuinely like a life changer for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, and if you aren't strength training yet, um, just get into it. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to strength train six times a week. You don't have to train to be a bodybuilder, powerlifter. But you know, if you start strength training, start off twice a week. Um, there can be some really good things that happen in your life. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of folks are also intimidated to start picking up weights that are heavier than. Um, what they like the three pound, five pound weights, they view the 10 pounds as being, and of course, you know, the caveat of heavy is relative at first, the 10 pound weights might be very heavy for you. Right. Um, but after a month or so, those 10 pound weights, especially for your lower body are probably for most people, you're going to outgrow those pretty quickly. Um, yeah. and I think that's a pretty challenging mindset also, um, for people to, shift around, but what advice do you have for people, especially who are going to the gym to work out and maybe are like, all right, today's the day I'm going to the free weight area. And they get there and they see a couple of bros, you know, lined up, you know, kissing their biceps during their curls. <laughs> I'm obviously creating a, you know, scenario that runs through my head sometimes, but, and then they, you know, you get nervous and then you get anxious and you just, you know, hop on the treadmill, um, instead, what, what advice would you have for those folks, um, to, to feel more comfortable and confident walking over to the freeway area? 
Yeah, and that's totally fair because the, the free weight area is like a lot more intimidating than, you know, if you're used to classes or cardio, or whatever it might be. Um, and that, that, that's totally fair. Mm -hmm. um, it's been my experience with the women that I've worked with who've gone through this is that if you can get them to the third or fourth workout, um, they start to realize that no one really cares about their workout. Everyone's kind of doing their own thing. So mm -hmm. there is kind of like some real bravery that exists for that like like first three or four sessions. But if you can get past that, it gets a lot easier. Um, I think as another tool, um, having some kind of plan comes in, whether it's one made for you or like whatever one you find online or like whatever it might be. Um, because sometimes it's just like there's all these things and I have no idea what to do with any of them. And then having a plan helps relieve that where it's like, okay, well, I'll just do what's on the sheet or I'll do what's on the program mm -hmm. um, helps that as well. Mm -hmm. um, if people are going to bring gym partners with them, um, I think it's important not to bring your super fit, already happy in the gym friend yeah. um, because they will just become part of the environment. And then you'll feel even like more like, like everyone else is already so fit and athletic. And then you just bring your friend who is supposed to make you feel better, but they are also super fit and athletic. And so like, they don't, that doesn't necessarily make you feel like you're truly welcome in that space. So yeah. ideally bring someone who's like a similar fitness level to you. Maybe you guys can go through it together. Um, yeah. And then I, I didn't make this rule, but I use it a lot. It's called like the five minute rule where you say to yourself, okay, I'm going to wait five. I'm going to give it five minutes. And then if I don't want to be here, I'll leave. And that's kind of like, and so what that does is helps that first initial step seem like less of a commitment. And then either like one of two things will happen. Either one, you'll do five minutes, not want to be there, and then you can leave. And you know, you got five minutes in, still counts, still great job. You're still getting used to the space. Or um, you get to five minutes and then you're like, ah, I might as well finish it. And then you end up doing the rest of the workout and then um, helps you feel more comfortable in that space. Um, but for most people, I would say, you know, give it give it three or four tries before you like totally write off the free weight area because it's um it's not as intimidating as it seems at first. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that's such a great point about being choosy about your gym buddy. I think yeah. that that's a really good idea. I also think if you are on social media, it makes it seem like the gym is a worse place than it yes. is. <laughs> you know yeah you so many of those stories like oh this person made this comment to me and it makes it seem like that's really commonplace for people to be mean to each other in the gym but those people are outliers like it's i incredibly I, rare yeah right? yeah yeah it's like i think i've had i've worked with hundreds of women online at this point i think i've heard two or three times some comment that was out of line like it really is like in the you know it's and I wish people stopped doing that online because that really does stop people. Like, cause no one wants to be that person. Right. No one wants to like be the person who like, oh my God, this person got destroyed online and it's like a hundred thousand likes or whatever it might be. And then it stops other people from going to the gym. And it's like, this is incredibly rare. Um, this almost never happens. And a lot of times those are staged anyways. Yeah. Um, so it's like, please, if, if that's the reason you're not going, like, just go, don't worry about it. Like, it's incredibly rare. If it does happen, it'll happen once and your life will move on. Yep. Um, if, if it ever were to happen. Um, yeah. So I, you know, I'm, I'm happy you said that. Cause that is, that is a big concern. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Especially if they like, I mean, so there's, you know, people are recording themselves so much more, you know, mm -hmm. and there's definitely benefit to recording yourself working out. 
you shouldn't be recording other people yeah yeah that well, process. yeah definitely yeah yeah i think that that's important as well and also i think one keep in mind it's like if your perception of the fitness world is social media um social media shows you the outliers not the norm yeah so i i've always you know i've joked with my friends is that like i don't think anybody knows what like a strong person is anymore like if you were to ask like what is the average guy bench they'd probably be like i don't know 315 like no one has any idea right <laughs> um and i think like if you go to a regular gym like there will be people lifting heavyweight but it's not like um not nearly to the extent that you might see online online is going to show you like the best of the best like yeah. the most uh lean physiques that exist in the world this is almost for sure not the gym that you're going to um so if you're worried about like running into a bunch of these people there will probably be some people at your gym who are like very strong or like very you know like have a very like impressive physiques but like it is not going to be like the way it is on social media yeah totally i find the ones that are super strong and are doing like all the you know the heavyweights and cool stuff they're the ones that like want to be helpful to you like they're the <laughs> ones that like jump in and give you a spot if you need it because they started there at some point you know i feel like absolutely yeah 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 we were all beginners at one point i think that's important too is that like you know we all um you know we didn't we didn't just walk into the gym and then like deadlift all the weight like we had to work at it too and like that that's totally fine and you know that's why it's important not, you know one of many reasons why it's not important not to compare yourself to other people's journey where it's like you're on day three they're on year 11 like right, maybe right. it's not you know maybe that's not the person you should be comparing yourself so it's like they lift more than me it's like yeah they've been here 11 years like yeah that's if they're, they, not, they're doing they, it wrong <laughs> they should they should be yeah they yeah. should like yeah yeah absolutely yeah yeah i think you know like you said the social media especially um youtube especially are very oftentimes highlight reels uh where it's like a like a brag book right like this is what i did today and you know i'm all for people bragging about their personal bests and hitting new numbers and things because that can be really inspirational um but also i think you know in order like you're just saying you see somebody juggling kettlebells like they didn't just start juggling kettlebells they first learned how to hinge correctly they then learned how to swing and snatch and hand-to-hand -hand release and then from there we're able to with a light bell and then probably work their way up right like so please don't go pick up a 16k kettlebell the first time you've ever touched a kettlebell and try to juggle it over your head like that's probably not going to turn out well for you or the folks around you um but can you get there eventually sure sure but, yeah if that's yeah. your big goal you want to be the kettlebell juggler that's totally fine um yeah. most of us go a different route but if that's what you want to do then that's great <laughs> uh, teach their own yeah, yeah. yeah makes them happy i guess like that's fair yeah so even i'm trying to uh i'm trying to learn how to do how to use indian clubs and do like indian club flows and things and you know i most of the things i can find when i type into search bar is just these like very complex flows that are, you know, that I'm nowhere near going to. Um, right. So I have to like keep reframing. Nope, just keep practicing the basics. Keep practicing the basics. Once you get these, then you can build on that, right? Um, so I do think it's um, important to also try to follow people online um, that are showing you the whole process, not just the highlight reel. Like, yeah. And also, kind of like what you mentioned there, where like we have a lot of, stuff online that's really meant for like the intermediate to expert lifter like mm -hmm. someone who's very you know 
almost like majoring in the minors at that point where we'll, there'll be a lot of conversations online where it's like, what is the most optimal exercise or like the best periodization or all that kind of stuff. And it's like, for someone who's new, these conversations like shouldn't really be happening at all. Like these conversations right. are like, you know, like we have a ton of information on how to help people who are already lifting, but we don't have a ton of information on like, well, how do we get more people lifting? Like, how do yeah. we get more people? Like, how do we actually like, get someone strength training, stick with strength training, be realistic about where they are in life. Um, a lot of the content I would say caters pretty young where yeah. like, I would say like, you know, the information is great. If you're like 21 with no kids and have like a ton, you know, have a ton, you, maybe you can train six days a week with that kind of life. Mm -hmm. um, I work with a lot of moms who have young kids or, you know, a lot of people who are 40s, 50s, 60s, et cetera, um, they, where they either can't do six days a week like it's just like they're, they're, they're mm -hmm. too many life priorities understandably yeah or they just don't want to be in the gym environment for six days a week as well um and i think it's good to like create more content on like well how do we actually get more people lifting be while being realistic with their schedule their training level you know and you know because we you know um i used to work at like a commercial gym so i was like familiar with how many members we actually had versus how many people actually go. Um, and it's like surprising, like it's something like 6% of people actually use their gym membership. Yeah. And that's people who have gym memberships, let alone like not, not, not just like regular population. So it's, you know, how do we actually get people not just signing up in January, but how do we get people strength training like year round? And I yeah. think like that's, yeah, I, I wish there was like, I try to do that myself on my page. But um, I wish there was more content on that because like that to me is like probably the biggest problem we have. Absolutely, absolutely. I think I read an article, I forget how long ago it was, but it was gyms, specifically like the Planet Fitness style gyms where they have like a really affordable membership. They count on folks not using their membership and they make money off of folks not using their membership. So if you have a they, gym, they, you know, yeah. You're not using it you're just feeding a big corporation keep that in mind yeah you, you, you would ha you would have to like and i think it's like the gyms are set up in a way that's like if everyone did show up the gyms wouldn't be able to handle the capacity yeah like it would just be impossible like it would just be impossible like if all, if all planet fitness members are showing up to their gyms every day like oh, yeah. the gym isn't even close to big enough like that's yeah. the like mm -hmm. um and that that is like that is the business model of gyms um yeah. so that you know and it's yeah um which sucks. Well, it's great for the people who go because then other people are basically subsidizing their experience, but right. it sucks for the people. So it's, if you go, it's like, you get a really good deal. Yeah. Um, especially once you start buying your own equipment and realize how much equipment costs. Yep. Um, but yeah. it's, um, it's bad for the people who like, you know, we had stories of people two, three, four years, never using a membership, basically just donating to whatever gym they happen to be. And, you know, I, that's, you know, that's, that's unfortunate for the people who signed up and never went. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. They forget to cancel it. <laughs> you know, all of that fun stuff. Yeah. 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 I know the topic of, um, getting people to go to the gym was actually something I was recently having a conversation about. And I think in the post COVID world, there's even more challenges getting people to, maybe they used to go getting them to go back. Um, I don't know if you, I, I know you're, you're working online now, but is there anything that like you have seen as something that has been helpful for getting folks to go back to the gym or go to the gym for the first time? 
So I think um, home gyms have become more popular. Actually, no, I'll make a stronger statement. They have become more popular. Um, yeah. <laughs> where like uh, I, for me before COVID, I, you know, maybe like I have a couple people who were training at home, like, you know, sometimes they have, they have weights and that's great. Um, now I'm looking like close to half people have some variation of a home gym, whether that's like dumbbells and bands or like whether that's they've bought like all the equipment they needed either because it was COVID and they just bought what they needed to get through COVID or, you know, they just decided that that was better for them. Um, if you have the funds and the space, I think home gyms are really useful. Um, they're really, really convenient. They help like people with busy schedules. It's a lot easier to go down to your basement and get your workout done than it is to like drive to the gym, like get changed, do the workout, like come back, get changed, you know, whatever. Like, um, yeah. so I think like that might be a big one. I think for people who still want to go to a gym, um, but find it anxious, I think for a lot of people um, gained a bunch of weight over the COVID yep. pandemic. Um, and I think that they're like a little uncomfortable being in that space now, because there's kind of this thought that's like, well, if I'm going to go to the gym, like I have to look a certain way. And yep. I think, you know, which usually is not a larger weight. Um, and so I think removing the focus of weight loss and just focusing on like, well, we're just trying to hear make you strong and healthy, which yep. has to be done both by themselves and by the gyms themselves. Right. Because like the gyms, um, depending on what gym we're talking about promotes like a certain idea or a certain way, which I think is getting better, but it definitely used to be like incredibly bad. Um, and I think like moving away from like you needing to look a certain way to lift weights, I think is helpful. Um, yeah. And then focusing on like, you know, again, like focusing on a strength goal instead, it's like, you know, I'm not here to look a certain way or be a certain physique. Like I'm here because I want to be strong. I want to be healthy. I know it's good for me. Like it'll make me fulfilled and motivated. I think move, shifting to that focus helps a lot with getting people to the gym yeah. instead of feeling like they're the weird one at the gym that doesn't really belong. Yeah. Um, so I think that, that that's what I would recommend to people who are, you know, they're, they're not quite comfortable being in the gym yet. Yeah. When people are, when people are trying to figure out their schedules, right? Because you talked about, you know, busy schedules and that's oftentimes a barrier. Um, what are some of the ways that you help your people um, figure out how to get their training sessions, their workout sessions in um, when maybe they have a couple of kiddos at home or mm -hmm. um, are also maybe they're working from home or they just went back to the office. That's um, a thing, a time barrier that's coming up a lot um, lately. Um, how do you help people find that time um, to take, go to the yeah, gym? That's totally fair. Um, I think, the, so the first one I think is like, we have to be realistic about what you can actually fit in your schedule. Um, I would rather make you the best three days a week for 30 minutes program than a five days a week for an hour and a half that you just don't have time for. Um, and if you want to get stronger, three, a lot of people training three days a week, get stronger, see results. Like you don't, you don't have to do the four five, six, if you just don't have time for that. Um, and so I think the first one is like being realistic about like how much time you truly have to work out, even when you like make it a priority. Um, I think like, I try to be really focused on like quality over quantity workouts. I've really moved away from like, I don't really care how long your workout took. I just care that like you're progressing, that you're, um, seeing the results you want to see over a period of time. Um, 
And that can be done with shorter workouts. And I think moving yourself away from like, well, I don't have time can be true. If you don't, if you think a workout is an hour and a half, two hours long, then yeah, like finding the time can be difficult on a busy schedule. Um, If you shift the focus to, well, okay, like how about 20 minutes or 30 minutes or like something along those lines or like, you know, are, do you have the space or funds for, um, a gym at home to like lower those times. Um, one of the nice things about, um, I guess like a silver lining to the pandemic was that, um, fitness equipment got a lot more versatile, both in like price and variation. Like there's a lot more, uh, dumbbell sets that exist out there, like adjustable dumbbells that like, like the price range of those is nice. Cause they used to be super expensive and now you can find cheaper options, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Um, if it is more realistic, for your schedule to train at home than it is to go to a gym. I would rather you set yourself up at home because it's just the time barrier helps a lot with that. Um, and it's just a more comfortable environment too. Like if you're going to work out at home, like you're probably more comfortable like in your own basement than like at a gym. So like it kind of removes that barrier as well. Um, so I think for that, there's definitely like solutions to the time barrier. Um, but I think you, you just gotta be realistic about like what fits your life and like, you know, mm-hmm. kind of go from there. Yeah. yeah, that's a big point, the being realistic. Um, I think that we oftentimes, especially when we're getting started or restarting, we want to do all the things all at once and, you know, start implementing all the good habits that are good for me, um, especially for people who maybe went to the doctor and the doctor has suggested, you know, you should start working out or you should eat more vegetables or whatever. And then people go down the rabbit hole of, um what do I need to do to be healthy or whatever on Google and then see this list of all of these things um, and overhauling an entire life um, yeah. is really hard to sustain. <laughs> I, it's really hard to sustain. And also I think it's like, it's kind of like the larger the change we make, the less likely we'll actually stick with it. It's why a lot of diets don't work. Is that like a lot of diets don't work because you remove everything that like makes you happy. Um, and that's like, maybe you can do that in the short term, but like in the long term, like, can you really give up carbs forever? Like, probably like, if you love carbs, like probably not like that's, you know, one of the things that I think is, um, important is that whatever changes you make, you should be able to look at the change and be like, I think I can do this year round. If you can't, I would almost rather you like, don't make the change and focus on, Mm. on something else. Um, because I don't really care if you're successful for three months, I care that you've added habits to your life that you can actually do year round. Those changes are probably going to be smaller than what is talked about online. And like you mentioned, like Google searching, like how to be healthy or how to eat or like, that's a whole other, like, I can't even imagine the searches that would show up at this point. Um, I don't think I want to. (laughs) the 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 nutrition world is insane in terms of like the difference of information that exists and like the, the, like it's, you know, depending on who you talk to, I think it was something like they, someone showed five very popular nutrition books and was something was like, if you followed all five of these books, there is literally no food that you could consume. Yep. yep. Um, and that's like, like we, we've run out of food. All food has been blamed. All food has been glorified and demonized at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't even imagine like for someone who is like, just trying to figure out like, well, what is healthy eating? It's like, who even knows? Like if you go online or like right. go through, like, it's like, like the, the differences of information is like, um, it's like unreal. Um, and I think it's, it makes nutrition very, very tough. 
uh, yeah. to talk about at this point. Um, fitness, I feel like, is not as bad for that. Although there are differing opinions and some pretty crazy stuff. Um, but I feel like it's not as, like, nutrition is, like, we don't agree on anything. Yeah. So like, many workers yeah. and, yeah. 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 And so many, yeah. It's um, so many different diets and so many different, like, contradictory opinions. And it's, like, it's, it's, a, it's a crazy world out there for nutrition. It really oh, is. <laughs> a little wild. Yeah. 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 So folks are listening to this and they're like, that Mark sounds like a pretty awesome dude. I want to find him and learn more about his stuff and what he does. How can they do that? Oh yeah. Well, yeah, no, I appreciate uh, the conversation and like, thanks for having me. Um, but there's a few places you can find me. Um, I am at training strong women on Instagram and TikTok. Mm -hmm. Um, so those are like the best places you can find me for social media stuff. I put out a lot of like short form content. I'm like, how do we actually like get people lifting weights? Like, what are the things that you need to know to get started and like actually make strength results, um, as well. And I, I kind of focus on, I would say like the beginner to advanced beginner aspect. So if you're like newer to strength training or like you've been exercising, but it's not strength training related, that's kind of like the group that I focus on. Um, I also have a podcast called at who's lifting today, which is like longer form stuff of that. Um, anywhere you can find podcasts, I'm probably on there. Um, I also put the video of the podcast on YouTube mm. where it's like at the who's lifting today podcast, um, has my face in the logo. So you'll be able to find me. Awesome. Um, but yeah, and I put out episodes probably like every, um, every week, just kind of helping people like, okay, how do we get you started? How do we make sure that you keep seeing results? Um, and like by results, I mean like getting stronger, not losing weight or aesthetics, um, mm -hmm. which I pretty much never talk about on the page. It's just, uh, not my focus, but, um, yeah, those are probably the, I'm one of the places too, but those are probably like the best places to find me. Awesome. Like, what would you say is like, what sets you apart? Do you think? I know it's like a tough question and I'm putting you on the spot, but what sets no, you No, that I, what puts me, what, what sets me apart is. Um, so I think it's a few things. So one, it's the entire, like literally being strength training focused and like nothing else, mm. I think is like probably like a big one as well, where like, I truly like, I'll never ask for your weight. I'll never ask for before and after photos. I think that's like a pretty big difference compared to like other trainers. Like it's not something all over. The only exception of that is if you're a power lifter, in which case mm -hmm. we need to know what weight class you're in. That's like pretty much the only exception. Yeah. Um, but like, that's probably the big one. Um, I think the second one that puts me apart is I am not a scary person uh, to like a pretty extreme degree. And I think for some people, for people who are scared of getting into strength training, um, I feel like I am the least intimidating person to help you out with that. Um, just like not, I'm not gonna yell at you. I'm not gonna tell you what you're doing is bad. Um, I really just want to get you started in strength training and like celebrating the wins. Um, and I think I, I, I feel fairly confident that I don't give off like an intimidating presence. So I think like that, would, I think those are like the, probably the two biggest things that set me apart. Awesome. I think that's, that's so huge. I can honestly say I'm, I'm not terrified of you after this interview. No, no, <laughs> no one is. That's okay. <laughs> How does online training work? Yeah, absolutely. So everyone, I mean, like, so everyone has like their own different style of like how yeah. online training works. Um, so for me, I make 
all my programs are personalized to the person, like with what you have, with how many days a week do you want to train? Um, so I'll give you, you know, sets, reps, exercises, like videos on how to do each one so that you have like kind of like something to reference to if you've never done, you know, like a deadlift before, like I'll give you a video on how to do a deadlift, like made by myself. Um, I update the program on like a week to week basis, um, depending on what your situation is. A lot of the times I do what's known as like block training where like the week to week is smaller changes. Um, and they go through different phases as opposed to like, if you've come from group classes, you, you might be used to workouts changing every single time. Whereas like, for me, it's like, we might change like the rep scheme or the amount of weight, but like, we're not, you know, there's going to be some similarities because that's how you get stronger. It's kind of like building a skill. Like it's like with anything, whether it's like writing or like public speaking, how you get better at a skill is by repeating it. And so like my training has a lot of repetition in it, but that's just cause that's the best way to make you stronger. Um, I update on a week to week basis. So I don't meet with people live. The benefit of that being is that if you have a busy schedule, you and I don't have to like align our schedules. Like where it's like, if you truly want to work out at 5 a.m. Um, and you live on the other side of the world, like we don't have to, you know, make that work out. Like you can truly work out whenever you want. Um, I, if they are comfortable with it, I will check videos of their form. Um, not looking for anything Instagram worthy by any means, but I, you know, it's just kind of see like, okay, like here's your squat, like how does your squat look? And then we kind of like go from there. Um, but that's, yeah, pretty much how I've been doing that for, I think it'll be four years in October. Yeah. Great. So that's what I've been doing now. And I, I find that type of training works really well for people who have busy schedules. Um, they want guidance, but the idea of like making an appointment for like an hour session three times a week or whatever, which doesn't make sense for them. Gives them the ability to work out on their own time um, while still getting help from a trainer in like a very like one-on-one -on -one way. Yeah. That's awesome. awesome. I think, you know, the world of online training um, makes it so much more accessible for so many people to be able to work with highly qualified people like yourself um, to get good quality, direction and guidance and support with training. And, you know, one of the things with the pandemic was there was a kind of an explosion of online training, but then came this um, almost like, well, we're just going to do what we do in person and just like do it over Zoom. Mm -hmm. um, so I find that there's still, um, when people ask, about online training with me that's still kind of the understanding is that we're always going to be doing like an online session um, as if we were live in person and that doesn't always translate super well or what is very it's not quite the same helpful yeah. in all the same ways um, it can work really well for some people especially super newbies um, for like the first couple of months but honestly unless you're somebody who really needs that approach appointment to like show up right um, yeah then i i would just like to say to anybody who's listening that's kind of like well online training's not for me i need to do it in person or whatever um give it a shot um you might you, you'll likely be very pleasantly surprised especially if you are working with somebody like mark so hmm. yeah yeah and i think like uh, yeah i appreciate that and i think as well as that like the difference between the online world too as an in-person gym is that like at an in-person gym 
someone will set you up with their trainer, but you don't really choose your trainer. Um, yep. Online, you really can just like, I want to work with this person, um, which is nice because, you know, like, especially for someone like me, um, there's a lot of people who aren't right for my training. Like if you're like really trying to get that like summer bod, I'm just like not your guy. Like, yeah. like for like, I'm just, it's just not, I'm not that person. Like I'm not going to be the right fit for you there. Um, I'm really best for the people who want to avoid that. Like that's the, like the people who want to like either like totally don't care about the weight on the scale or would like to make steps to moving away from the weight on the scale. Um, that's, you know, the people I'm best for. And I think what's nice about being online is you can, you actually can choose like who you work mm -hmm. with and like who's actually the right fit for you. So I think um, online training is different for sure. But it's, um, I think there's going to be a lot of more people who benefit from it. Um, yeah, I, th I think it's really beneficial for a lot of people. Yeah. Totally. Great. So anybody who's looking to get started or restarted, you know, definitely check out the show notes and, you know, definitely give Mark a follow and check out what he's doing and the messaging that he is sending out into the universe, which is so important. And, you know, hook up with him if you uh, are looking for a trainer to help you get stronger. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah. And send me a message if you have any questions, let me know. Um, you know, I'm happy to answer any questions that you might have before anything starts. So yeah. Awesome. Great. Well, thank you so much, Mark. This was wonderful getting to know you and talking with you. Um, and we appreciate your time. Yes. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. This was a great conversation. This has been an episode of the Strong and Simple podcast. If you'd like to learn more about any of the topics we've discussed or about any of our guests, please make sure that you visit us on Instagram at Strong and Simple Podcast. And if there's ever any topics, questions, concerns, anything that you would like to suggest to us, please feel free to email us at Strong and Simple Podcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. content of this podcast represents the views and opinions of Michelle Farrell, Marissa Zabo, and their guests, and is not intended to be individualized advice or recommendations. Nothing in this episode is to be construed as medical advice or to substitute for individualized fitness or nutrition advice. Always consult with the appropriate professional for your own needs.